Hello and welcome to Conversations with My Conservative Dead Father, a podcast of the exact email exchanges my father and I had the year before he died. I'm your host, Jonathan Grossman. And I'm your co-host, Michael Grossman. Yes, an AI-generated clone of my actual voice. On today's podcast, we discuss Trump's foreign business entanglements and Biden's and Harris's potential corruption again. At the top of this discussion, I refer to a Vox article about Trump's financial entanglements with foreign entities, link attached in the show notes. I also refer to a Mother Jones article, link also attached in the show notes. This corruption discussion is never ending because you keep bringing up Trump, so I'll keep bringing up Biden and Harris. Fair. Then we lean into a philosophical exchange on if we accept the corruption of our candidate, then we should accept the corruption of the opposing candidate. As I've said before, that line of reasoning is hogwash. (laughs) Maybe. Then we move on to a discussion of a Radiolab episode about journalist Rosa Brooks's Transition Integrity Project. Conducted in June of 2020, they convened a bipartisan group of over 100 current and formal senior government and campaign leaders and other experts in a series of 2020 election crisis scenario planning exercises. It was part war game, part choose your own adventure to play out various scenarios if Trump denied the results of the 2020 election. Very, very interesting. One of the scenarios was the replacement elector strategy, which Trump, in fact, attempted. We know this because recent findings in the Trump indictments revealed that his then-lawyer, Kenneth Cheesebrough, sent a memo outlining exactly this strategy, which he also admitted as controversial. So basically, (laughs) these very smart people predicted it. That was quite an amazing podcast. Much better than this one. Pops, seriously. You're going to throw our own podcast under the bus? Radiolab really is the gold standard. Hard to disagree with you there. Probably my favorite as well, other than this one, of course. Come on. This is fun. Do I really have an opinion on this? You're the one pulling all the strings. But if I had to guess what the real-life version of me would think, you're probably right. I would have loved this. Glad you agree with the words I'm putting in your mouth here. (laughs) Okay, enough nonsense. Let's stir the pot. Pops, do these foreign entanglements not alarm you? I might suggest that you do some more research on the complete corruption of your presidential hero. He's a greedy, lying goblin. I can't understand how anyone can think Biden's behaviors compare in any way to Trump's. As for how a person in office gets rich when they're from meager means, I would love to answer how an entitled brat who got very little help from his father other than a, quote, tiny $1 million loan, was able to borrow so much money, go bankrupt five times, borrow more money from farm banks, leave a trail of debt and unpaid contractors, file dozens and dozens of frivolous, bullying counter-lawsuits to tangle up legitimate ones, get caught on tape saying he'll grab get caught on tape offering quid pro quo, avoid addressing any direct questions on his lies about a vaccine or his mishandling of COVID-19. How this man has used his Svengali powers to allow you to overlook these behaviors and somehow point the finger at people who have done way more good for the world. His trail of carnage is an assload more than Biden's or Harris's combined. 
Let's be clear. We both think politicians are dirty scoundrels. But Pops, you're not giving an inch on the fact that Trump might be the worst scumbag. Please, for your son, do some more homework on him. Take an honest, open-eyes dive into who he is. Don't assume all journalism about him is false. He's a pig fucker. He's not all bad. But still, he fucks pigs. <laughs> okay, listen. All jokes aside, my point here is that if you want to tell me how corrupt Harris and Biden are, your argument loses weight when you fail to acknowledge the corruption for the person you hold in such high regard, which still confuses me because he seems to represent the antithesis of myriad lessons you've taught me. I know we've been over this, but still, it still gets me somehow. Do some reading about Trump. Watch a few more of the docs I suggested. See if you can sleep at night after seeing who this man really is, even if 10% of what you hear is true. It's freaking horrifying. I get what you appreciate about the good he has done while in office, and he has done some good things. But you can't cast aspersions on his opponents without accounting for his own egregious failures. Wow, we seem to be oceans apart. It is interesting how two people who love and respect each other and are relatively well-informed and intelligent reach such polar opposite conclusions. I suppose this is what is meant by we create our own reality, and that perception is reality in some odd way. Okay, I'm open to doing research. In fact, I have, and you're right. There's plenty of dirt there. I am, however, as you said, willing to overlook it for the time being in view of what he has done in office and what his opponents would do. Because we hold such different views of the role of government in the lives of a people who are guaranteed freedom by the founding documents, that I am outraged at Harris's behavior. There have been others in the past, of all political stripes, who have abused their office, and I despise those instances as well. I suppose that is where I draw the line on what I will or will not tolerate in politicians, even accepting a certain amount of corruption. So let's do this. You want me to do research. How about you give me some references to the articles or other accounts of the instances on which you are basing your opinion? But let's agree on this. Just because CBS News says Trump is a bum, or just because Fox News says Biden is a bum, does not rise to the level of proof. Let me ask you this. Do you think the mainstream media has a double standard? One for liberals and a different one for conservatives? Do you believe the mainstream media buries stories that are damaging to liberals but exaggerates stories, or publishes them with far less substantiation, if any at all? About conservatives? I think part of our disagreement stems from a different view of this. Thank goodness you and I can have this discussion. You have no idea what it may be like for me to have to bite my tongue all the time when friends spout off leftist propaganda. I have, in the past, lost friends when they learned that I held an opinion on a subject that strayed from the liberal dogma. Isn't it ironic that today... As opposed to past eras, it is the liberals who have become intolerant. The pendulum swings, and unfortunately, it seldom stops in the center. Oh, come on. I don't think we're oceans apart. And if you lose friends, then sadly they weren't true friends, or at least too closed-minded to have a real friendship with them. I'll send some info that I feel is worthy of your time. 
Yes, mainstream media or liberal media is not reporting fairly. They're after ratings, so whatever gets them that is what they do. Same goes for Fox and all the other conservative racks. It's sad and true. We've talked about this. We both agree on this. But this is why I enjoy the documentaries more, because they at least provide more detailed background for you to then go and check on for yourself. What about the Snopes article I sent? As I mentioned before, I tend to approach Snopes with some cynicism and a good dose of skepticism. I'll have to read it again, but on first pass, it seems to me that a demurrer is in order. In other words, even granting what Snopes claims, it is not inconsistent with the subject's statements being true. I don't think they cancel out each other. In other words, he was persecuted even though not prosecuted, and nothing proves there was no connection between Harris and Planned Parenthood. I'll have to go over it again. I have to admit it. Most of the time, I tend to tune out Snopes about halfway through. I understand that while I may think a lot of people are blind to the bias in Snopes, I may be hallucinating. Would not be the first time. <laughs> Don't kid yourself, Dad. You never tripped in your life. If you're going to point the finger at Biden, be prepared to answer for Trump's own shady business practices. Fair is fair. Do you really think I approve of all those activities, if they are even true? Notice this article does a lot of alleging with little, if any, substantiation. Besides Sun, engaging in an argument based on relative morality is not the least constructive. It implies that my opinion of Biden is not valid because of my opinion of Trump. We both agree that just about anybody in politics will have skeletons in their closet, some more than others. However, given the choices we have been given, I pick Trump as the lesser of evils because I like his policies and the actions he has taken in defense, national pride, tax reduction that actually benefits me, opposition to socialism, etc. By the way, for the same reason, I would not vote for Biden if he were squeaky clean and a candidate for statehood. His political record, the positions he has taken at one time or another, his flip-flopping to suit the moment, and most of all his policies regarding taxes, national pride, defense, government control and intrusion into every aspect of our lives, etc. All those are things I would not want to see as national policy. I do not buy into the argument that my guy is better than yours because he has fewer allegations of wrongdoing leveled against him, whether or not properly substantiated. Are you familiar with the interview in which Nancy Pelosi explained how unsubstantiated allegations get turned into, quote, fact? If not, I'll try to find it for you. In it, she outlines exactly what the Democrats did to turn the fraudulent Russian dossier into, quote, facts. I doubt it when she gave the speech. She understood she was revealing exactly her party's own strategy. All I can say is, if even a fraction of what is alleged in the Mother Jones article is true, it is a very damning picture. But that's a big if. As it stands right now, the Hunter Biden scandal has some apparently solid evidence behind it. Where is the comparable evidence for any of the allegations in the Jones article? Also, do you have an opinion as to Mother Jones' reliability and impartiality? Actually, it is a lot better than some, but still appears to favor liberal causes and candidates. So I will challenge you to keep this discussion away from relative wrongdoing and address each incident on its own merits. I do not believe you would excuse a questionable act by Biden 
on the basis that Trump has done something. And that is the last I want to say on that subject, because I prefaced all of this by saying I appreciate sticking to issues and not looking to attack each other's personality. The bottom line for me is both candidates have serious flaws and have done some really sketchy things for their own self-aggrandizement. It comes down to whose actions in executing national policies align closer with my own wishes and beliefs. You know where I come out on that one. There is one area in which a form of relativity argument will stand up. That is evaluating the credibility of any source of news or information. Unfortunately, that has to be accounted for in just about any discussion of political issues these days. Of course I don't think you approve. I was making a point which was almost effective. We got the exact result I was looking for by bringing up this argument. Both sides are shady, so let's leave the accusations of prior wrongdoing to an ethics debate and not a debate about fitness for office or candidacy. Not sure this is exactly possible because prior actions sometimes do inform us about future actions. So let's put a big pin in this for a second. However, after agreeing that both sides are shady, you said, and I'm going to quote you, I do not buy into the argument that my guy is better than yours because he has fewer allegations of wrongdoing leveled against him, whether or not properly substantiated. But then you go on to undermine your own conclusion by attacking Hunter again. And I'll quote you here. All I can say is even if a fraction of what is alleged in the Mother Jones article is true, it is a very damning picture. But that's a big if. As it stands now, the Hunter Biden scandal has some apparently solid evidence behind it. Where is the comparable evidence for any of the allegations in the Jones article? End quote. But after you say this, you quickly get back on track with my point in sending you this stuff. I'd rather not get into a pissing contest about how awful each of them are because we both agree they're shady. I like your suggestion. Let's stick to policy when we have political debates and leave the moral debate as a separate, possibly way more interesting issue. Okay, so that means no more name calling in regards to Pelosi or Harris or Clinton, because every time you point out some ethical wrongdoing like Harris's abuse of power with Planned Parenthood, I'll use your own argument against you. Just watch the docs. And yes, I still want you to watch them. Listen, I read that Larry Elder book, which took five hours of my time, so you can do me the service of equal time exchange. You might even find something interesting. The article from Mother Jones is interesting because she collects a lot of the biggies in one read. To answer your question of where comparable evidence against Trump can be found, I will say the documentaries I sent substantiate them much more thoroughly. Although, as I said before, I'm eager to see where you poke holes. Oh, and by the way, there is plenty of substantiated evidence that there was no wrongdoing on Biden's part, especially if you're going to give Trump a pass on the Ukraine call. Seems like asking for a favor before supplying aid is comparable to exchanging a board seat for the ear of, quote, the big man. Might I suggest the former is way more dangerous, given you're comparing the president to the VP. Ooh, sizzle, snap, ouch. <laughs> okay, now let's get back to the big pin in the separation of these issues to see if this is even realistic. I would love to say that a person's character can't be limited to judgment of their prior actions, but in reality, 
we both know it's not possible. We have implicit and explicit bias. We toss what we don't want to see and seize what we do want to see. You consistently ask me to face the failings of my chosen candidate, which I accept and won't defend. However, I get the feeling that because you are so overwhelmed with bias of the mainstream media, you tend to disregard the possibility that where there is smoke, there is fire. Pops, trust me, Trump is a crook, a really bad one. Maybe not Enron-style bad, but maybe. I mean, he's dicey, manipulative. He has a history of risky, bad judgment without accountability. Just do me a favor as your son and take a peek under the hood. Be open to the possibility that he can be both a scumbag and also provide some good for the conservative efforts of your government and country. I'm sure that if Biden wins, you will send me myriad evidence of Biden's and Harris's wrongdoings, missteps, fuck-ups, etc. And frankly, I welcome it. I want to know who's running the country. Okay, pivoting slightly here. Sadly, I listened to a podcast today on Radiolab that I sent to you, which paints a dire and likely picture of how the election will end up. And guess what? It's not good for the country. Okay, if Trump wins, Biden will likely ask for a recount of mail-in ballots. Trump can continue to cast doubt on the accuracy of these and create chaos. On the other hand, if Biden wins the Electoral College from the election, there are so many paths, completely constitutional, by the way, which allow for Trump to throw doubt on the accuracy of the election. He can again complain about the legitimacy of mail-in ballots. But a much scarier scenario is the use of replacement electors, not faithless electors, which the Supreme Court just ruled as unconstitutional. He can use replacement electors to ignore the popular vote of their state. These replacement electors are appointed, as are the original electors, by the state legislature and literally replace the current electors, circumventing the faithless elector issue. If this happens in a swing state like Michigan, where the state legislature is Republican but the governor is Democratic, then it is completely constitutional to have each of them send their own replacement electors to vote on December 14th. Should that happen, the 12th Amendment states Congress will decide by counting the votes. But who decides which electors from Michigan should be counted? Well, the VP who presides over the Senate actually sits in the chair of the Speaker of the House. Yes, it's written that way and says, and the votes shall be counted. Imagine Pelosi's face when she has to give her physical seat to Pence. (laughs) Oh, God. There's no provision saying accounting for a conflict of interests if the VP might be on the very ballot in question. It's so strange, which circles us back to our topic about how to interpret the Constitution. It does get murky as to whether Pence gets to decide which electoral votes should be counted, but it's exactly that cloud that will work in favor of Trump. Please listen to the podcast because it is nonpartisan. It's very detailed and balanced. And you can stream it here because I downloaded it and just put it on my Dropbox. You don't need to subscribe to anything. Just click the link I provided. No need to make it so easy for me to listen. I already did, right on their website. Very interesting and very thorny indeed. I think it is good to play out these different scenarios. This particular game points out some glaring gaps in our Constitution. I have a feeling the gaps were not as problematical back in the 18th century as they are today. I think we were a more civil society back then with more tendency to work things out amicably, even in heated disagreements, 
I do think many of the failures to resolve conflicts today is because of partisanship rather than statesmanship. At one time or another, each party seems to have lost sight of the common good and dug in to promote their partisan interests. On a separate note, please don't enjoin me from castigating Pelosi. She is so deserving of it, and it is so easy to do. So just as I tolerate your calling Trump a crook, I reserve the right to describe Pelosi in the most vile and base terms possible. R-O-T-F-L-M-A-O. Truce. We each get one whipping person. <laughs> sure. Getting back to the Radio Lab podcast, it was quite enlightening for me. Much as I like to think of myself as a student, not scholar, of the Constitution, I have never delved into the vagaries of the Electoral College. This podcast certainly shined a bright light on some very serious gaps that create some even more serious problems. I think, if anything, this needs some serious study and some correctional action by constitutional amendment. I was heartened that, in their game, nobody seemed to want to bring in the troops to guard the Oval Office and eject by force anyone who dared to challenge the occupant. There was a questionable story going around during the Obama administration, when so many senior military officers were resigning, to the effect that a litmus test paper was being circulated among the officer corps to determine loyalty to the president. Does that have a ring of familiarity? One of the questions was if ordered to do so by the president, would you fire upon American citizens? The story goes on that those who answered no were informed their career path in the military would have no further advancement and their resignation would be sought. As I said, this just doesn't pass the sniff test. In fact, it reeks of the cow pasture. But it does put in perspective how easily a constitutional crisis can be created and how difficult it would be to settle it. The worst part of this story is that it postulates utter chaos in the military ranks, the breakdown of discipline and the chain of command. That is a very dangerous situation. So, giving some serious thought to even unlikely situations can be warranted, if only to make sure they do not come to pass. That is why I say this war game they played in the podcast shines a light on something that really needs to be addressed. And just in case I forgot to mention it, Pelosi is not only a crook, but seriously impaired mentally. It is so easy to pillory her, even easier than to pillory Hillary. I really enjoy our discussion, perhaps a bit too much. I have to suspend it for the rest of today, but will continue tonight or tomorrow. I love you, son. Conversations with My Conservative Dead Father is hosted by Jonathan Grossman and me, Michael Grossman. The show is produced and recorded by Night Shift Audio, AI-generated voice and voice cloning by the Play HT engine. Main title music by Dogwood Moon. Please encourage everyone to have conversations with people of varying points of view. Listen, learn, and most importantly, keep an open heart and an open mind. Thanks for listening.